You're listening to the Restoration Church Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and deep calling to deep. Today's message is brought to you by Kim Thompson. Always an honor to stand before God's people and give the word that he has given to me. And my, y'all pray for me. And my prayer, Holy Spirit, right now I ask you to take control. Let him decrease so that you increase. Give the words on my lips, oh God, out of my belly. Let rivers of living water flow unto your people today, oh God. Help me to revelate as you have revelated to me your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all glory, honor, and praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I can't get off this joy thing. And I think it's because of where I've been uh, with some things lately. And um, regardless, when you you know it's God when you can stand when things should have left you for dead. You know it's God when you can have strength regardless of what's going on. I got a, a, a child that's at the hospital right now. And I could have made the decision, Basando, to go and be with her. But Holy Spirit said, this is your place today. So I stand before God's people, hallelujah, because he told me if I take care of him, hallelujah, he'll take care of me. So bless the name of the Lord, and the joy of the Lord is still my strength this morning. So I give him glory, hallelujah. So you guys just bear with me one second. I shall do my something. Because God is forever good. Hallelujah. That's why I can't be quiet. Can I take this off? Yes. And I can't stand still. Hallelujah. Because God is so good to me. Regardless of what's going on, he handles my business for me. He takes care of me. So that's why I worship the way I do. And I praise him the way I do. Because if you really knew the things that go on, hallelujah, it takes some of you out. But God, but God, and it's not in my strength, hallelujah, but it's in him. It's in him that I'm able to stand before you today. It's in him. I won't go into detail, but it's in him. So I give him the glory this morning. I want to speak to you guys today about grace. God's amazing grace. Hallelujah. Andy, hold on, hold on, Andy. Okay. The word grace is translated in the New Testament. It comes from the Greek word charis, which means favor, blessing, or kindness. We can all extend grace to others, but when the word grace is used in connection with God, it takes on a more powerful meaning. Grace is choosing to bless us rather than to curse us as our sins deserve. It is his benevolence to the undeserving. You can go ahead and read it. I'm coming from Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 today. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. 
Hallelujah. The whole book of Ephesians rejects the, the premise, especially it refutes, for it is by grace you have been saved. Faith, this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast about it. Ephesians 2, 7 shows the blessing of these who are in Christ in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. In other words, God chooses, I'm sorry, God has chosen to save sinners, not based on goodness, but on his kindness. Have you ever, uh, I remember when I first became a Christian, I used to feel like I, I, I could be good good enough to earn what God had given me. It wasn't long before that my mother had a long discussion. She says, not in you, Kim. Stop trying. I was wearing myself out trying to be good enough to fit, thinking that that's what I had to be. And then she talked to me about grace. And I understand that it's nothing you can do good enough. You can't give enough. You can't pray enough. You can't uh, be kind enough. It's a gift from God. Grace is a gift. We are saved by grace through Jesus Christ. Nothing of our own. Nothing of our own. He chooses to bless us with this gift. And it's a wonderful, powerful gift when you really understand what grace is. Hold on, let's see. Grace is a blessing that is undeserved and unwarranted. Grace is a gift freely given based on the kind intentions of the giver to a recipient who, is, who has no claim to it. That means you really don't deserve it. It's not yours. Again, it's a gift from God. What God has done for the believers in Christ is going to bring him glory. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 further explains how he gets all the glory. Second, we are saved again through grace. In order to be saved, there is a necessary human response to God's grace. The response is not trying to be good. The response is simply trusting, having faith in God to save on the basis of Christ's goodness. We must understand faith is not good work in itself that God rewards. Faith is simply casting our unworthy selves on the mercy of a kind and forgiving and gracious God. So I would even go further to say the grace is forgiveness. That's why it's important for us to forgive because Christ, God, forgave us. That's why we must forgive because it's by his grace. There's nothing, no good thing in the flesh and there's nothing good that we've done. We all sinners saved by grace. So we must show grace. Hallelujah. Grace is the love of God shown to the unlovely, the peace of God given to the restless, and the unmerited favor of God. Grace began in the Garden of Eden when God covered the sin of Adam and Eve, Genesis 321. He could have killed the first humans right there, 
for their disobedience. But rather than destroy them, he chose to make a way for them to be right with him. Hallelujah. The pattern of grace continued throughout the Old Testament when God instituted blood sacrifices as a means to atone for sinful men. It was not the physical blood of those sacrifices, per se, that cleansed sinners. It was the grace of God that forgave those who trusted in him. Hebrews 10, 4, Genesis, Genesis 15 and 6. Sinful men showed their faith by offering sacrifices that God required. This was in the Old Testament. Whenever they sinned, Ms. Gloria, you didn't spoke on that in Sunday school. Whenever they sinned or whenever they sinned against God, they would uh, sacrifice an animal before, before God to kind of wash away their skins until Christ. The Apostle Paul began many of his letters with the phrase, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 1.7. Ephesians 1, 1, 1 Corinthians 1, 3. God is the instigator of grace, and it is from him that all other grace flows. God shows both mercy and grace, but they are not the same. Mercy, mercy withholds a punishment we deserve. So everybody want to talk about mercy. We all want mercy. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, we all talk about mercy, but do we ever really understand the power of his grace? Grace is his amazing grace. Grace gives the blessing we don't deserve. That's the difference. See, grace bless you anyway. Grace favor you anyway. I can remember times when I wasn't with God and I would get myself into some things. Literally. And I knew God should have had me cut off right then. I should have got in trouble for some things. Not by the law, but just in trouble. Never thank God done anything to get in trouble with the law. But I've done some things that God should have punished me for. But it was his grace that kept me. It didn't allow me to get the punishment that I really deserved for, the, for what I did. His grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Let me see. Apostle Paul. Da, 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 da. Okay. God shows mercy and grace, and they're different. In mercy, God chose to cancel our sin debt by sacrificing his perfect son in our place. Titus 3, 5, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. But he goes even further than mercy and extends grace to his enemies. Romans 5.10. He offers us forgiveness, Hebrews 8.12, Ephesians 1.7, reconciliation, Colossians uh, 1.19 through 20, abundant life, John 10.10, 10. eternal treasure, Luke 12.33, his Holy Spirit, Luke 1, I mean, sorry, Luke 11.13, and, and a place in heaven with him, John 3.16 through 18. When we accept his offer and place our faith in his sacrifice, grace is the foundation of what the gospel message was built. Before God created mankind, he knew our need to be rescued from sin. Yes. 
It's always so funny to me how when I read, you read the Bible, and you read how God did all these things before he sent Jesus. Not that he didn't knew, know that he was going to have to send us a Savior, but he did all these things for us before that took place. Yes, but because he's so infinite in his wisdom and sovereign, he already knew that this was going to have to be. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at how he stretched himself. Yes. He didn't have to. But he stretched himself yes, he for us. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was not God's backup plan. Wasn't his last resort. His get out of jail free card. <laughs> Absolutely everything that happened between Adam's first breath and Jesus' death was a part of God's gracious plan to redeem mankind. Yeah. See, I already knew he was going to have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Old Testament's examples of grace. God's grace infuses Noah's story. Genesis 6 and 8. Wickedness and evil were so rampant in the hearts of men that God actually regretted creating them. He was ready to wipe them out entirely, but... There was one man who was righteous, faithful, committed to walking with God. Noah was not the perfect man, yet God chose to save him and his family. See, when you got the grace of God on your life, it'll even save your family members from some things. Everything attached to you, connected to you, can be saved by the grace of God that's on you. That's a blessing. Tell me that's not a blessing. Because we got some people that ain't saved. We got some people that's unrighteous. But by his grace, because you stand righteous and holy before him, he'll save your people. That's his promise to us. Hallelujah. Noah wasn't okay. Noah wasn't the perfect man. But God chose to save him and his entire family from destruction. That's grace. The Old Testament is a law-focused new. I, I can't read what I said. <laughs> but it's filled with grace. <laughs> God's grace endures in spite of Abraham and Sarah's unbelief. That's the next one. Genesis 12 and 3. His fears made him distort the truth, talking about Abraham, by saying Sarah was his sister to save his own hide. Sarah laughed at God when he told her that she would give birth to a son in her old age. Then after laughing, she took matters into her own hands, and she encouraged her husband to sleep with another woman. Now, God didn't tell her to do that. She, but she took it out of God's hand and did it herself, even after God gave her the word that she would have a child. She didn't believe God. That's a sin. Yeah, but grace. Hallelujah. Even after she did this, God still fulfilled the promise that he gave them. Their lives were marked with disbelief and disobedience. Yet God remained faithful to, to Abraham and Sarah. 
And everything he promised them, he gave them. Is that not grace? Joseph. It's difficult to see God's grace in it all. He was despised by his brother, sold into slavery, wrongfully accused, left to rot in prison. But that's not all, not at all how Joseph saw things. He reveals his perspective in Genesis 45 and 7. God used a difficult and trying circumstance to position Joseph as the savior of his people. That's grace. If anybody went through something, Joseph did. For just merely telling them a dream he had. Now some people look at Joseph and said, oh, he was arrogant and da da da. I don't look at him that way. He was a kid. Well, I would tell my brother things. You tell your sisters things. Not to show off or to be ugly, but just in talking. Me and a friend had this conversation. And I said, I disagree with a lot of the way it's preached. I don't think he was arrogant at all. I think he was just telling what he saw. And far as him being a tattletale and telling his dad everything, he honored his dad. He loved him. So to him, he was going to tell him everything. Does that make him bad? Does that make him really a tattletale? I don't think so. I think it makes him honest. And I think this is why God positioned him the way he did. But if anybody went through a lot of things in your own family, plans, plots to murder you, to take you out. You left in prison. You, 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 you interpret a dream to the baker, and I believe it was the butcher. And they tell you, oh yeah, we're gonna remember you. And they don't. And you still in prison. You get blamed for uh, trying to sleep with somebody's wife when it was just the opposite. But God made him king over his people just like he dreamed. That's grace. Then let's talk about Moses. Doubted God at every turn, yet God graciously guided him. Exodus 4.13 is an example. Moses was as flawed as, as they come. Arrogant. Stubborn, very doubtful. Yet God faithfully walked with him. As time passed, Moses learned how to faithfully walk with God and obey. God used this blemished shepherd to lead his wayward sheep, the Israelites, out of captivity. God chose to listen to and walk with a man who in his youth killed another man with his bare hands. Now that's grace. How many of us would look at somebody that murdered somebody and give them a second chance? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Let a murderer come up in, in church and look how we wa- look, watch our reaction to him. <laughs> would you trust him enough to hire him to work, work, at, your, work at your establishment? Would you ter- trust him enough to take him into your own home? But God, grace, that's why it's a sin before the mighty God for us to look at people any other way than the way he looks at them. See, we look at the outward appearance, but God searches the heart of man. 
We've all made mistakes. Sin is sin in God's eyes. Ain't no big sin, ain't no little sin. You sin, you sin. You lie, you sin. You backbite, you sin. You murmur, you sin. You talk about your brother and sister, that's a sin. We need to shut our mouths and show grace the way God shows grace. I love him for it. Because if it wasn't for his grace, where would we all be? In a devil's hell. That's where we would be. Then let's talk about Rahab. Bravely asked God to save her in spite of her past sins, and he did. Joshua 2.11. Rahab is referred to as a harlot. <laughs> Three times over the scripture. She was a prostitute, a sinner unworthy of God's grace. But somewhere along the way, she heard tales of this God of Israel. So when the two spies sought her for shelter in her home, she bravely bargained for her life. She confessed her belief in there and God, and asked for the mercy and the grace of God, and he gave it willingly to her and all her family. In fact, she dwelled with the Israelites and faithfully served God for the rest of her days. Now, how will we look at old prostitute today? Red light district. How, how, how will we look at them? When we look at them, we're going to look at the sin. We ain't going to look at the woman. We're going to look at the sin. We ain't going to look at the soul. We're going to look at the sin. We're not going to look at her spirit being broken and why she's the way she is. But God. But grace. Hallelujah. That's grace. Let's talk about the Israelites. They repeatedly, and I say it twice, repeatedly <laughs> rebelled against God, yet he graciously rescued them. Judges 10, 16, I tried to keep a track of how often the Israelites grumbled against God, broke his commandments, worshiped false gods and idols, etc. But I quickly lost count. Time and time again, they turned away from God, did whatever they wanted to do, lost God's protection, suffered great consequences, returned to God and begged God to rescue them. And over and over and over again. Sometimes it was lasting consequences for them poor decisions, but God showed grace that was deserved over and over and over again. Yeah. Now that's grace. Yeah. Last but not least, one of my favorite, hallelujah, David. David lusted, stole, fornicated, lied, yet God saw his heart and loved him. He wrote the whole book of Psalms. Psalms 51.1, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I saved the best for last. David is the ultimate example of God's grace, unmerited favor. 
got to start by mentioning all his merits because there were many. He was a great warrior, great warrior. God said he was a man after his own heart. He was the apple of his eye. He loved God, but did he sin? Of course he did. Did he make some bad choices as a king? Of course he did, but God loved David. Hmm. Just open the book of Psalms and you will be astounded by how deeply he loved God. I don't think he ever strayed from his love for God. He just made some pretty terrible decisions along the way. But haven't we all? I know I have. I know I have. The key is he always turned from his sin and repented and God forgave him. That's grace. The greatest gift of all was given, wrapped up in flesh, and sent down to die for us, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus gave up his throne to come down. Now that's grace. To die for wretches as we are, who knew no sin. You know, you know heaven is a beautiful place. Can you imagine giving up your seat? Can you just imagine giving up your place for some people who have walked over you, who act like you don't exist? You created a world and put them in it. You made them high above the angels. You think so much of us, but yet he come down off his throne. That's grace wrapped up in flesh, mm -hmm. came down and had to walk like we walk. Yeah. Had to live like we lived. And because he was God, don't you know, he could have said, let, let me go. I'm out of here. And he could have took off and went back up, but he obeyed God. Ultimate grace. Mm -hmm. Then the greatest gift of grace was given, as I stated, wrapped up in flesh, sent to reconcile us with the Father. Galatians 1 4, John 10 18, 1 John 3 16, 1 Timothy 2 16, John 10 15. I'm sorry, I'm going fast, y'all. John 10 17 through 18. He bore no sin. He was tested, tempted, beaten, and murdered. He forgave his enemies, even after they had brutally, brutally, brutally beat him. Luke 23, 24. John 14, 16 through 18, he told the disciples he would pray for the Father to send him, to send them a comforter after he passed. Hallelujah. The next thing that he did, he even took it a step further than that, you guys. He died for us, rose, yeah. and he said that, and that wasn't enough. Then he sent the third Godhead, the Trinity yes. of the third Godhead, which is the Holy Spirit, yes. to stay with us, yes. to sup with us, to comfort us, because he knew we was going to need it. After he was beaten, murdered, treated like nothing like a vagabond, mm -hmm. 
he still it wasn't enough. But unmerited, limitless grace of God, he decided to send us his spirit to live in us. We find that out in Acts 118, he confirmed it before he ascended to the Father. He told the disciples, you will receive power with the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He will return in the same way you've seen me go. That has grace. It wasn't enough that he died and loved us so much. He sent us a keeper. What would we do without that keeper? What would we do without the keeper? Oh, the Holy Spirit. Don't get no, it don't get that no, no better than this. It don't. Acts 2, 1, and 1 through 13. They were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like a mighty rushing wind filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to on the rest of them. The third person of the Trinity, the spirit of the living God, set on their heads and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, that's the grace of God. Then I got to take it a step further. Hallelujah. Let me give you these scriptures. Acts 9, 1, 9. Retold in Acts 22, 6, 21. So, uh, 26, 12 through 18. Then let me get on down to old Saul of Tarsus. A Pharisee in Jerusalem who hated Christians. Swore that he would wipe them out. But my God, my God, my God. On the road to Damascus. He met grace, which was Jesus Christ, who asked him a question. Saul, Saul, why does thou persecute me? Saul in that instant met grace. My shoko basanda. Suddenly, there was a, a light shone from heaven, a great light around him. Saul fell to the ground and heard the voice saying to him, why? Saul, Saul, why persecuted me? Now that's grace. Not only did he change him in that instant, he sent him to Ananias, who was scared to even deal with him because this is a murder. But God saved and filled him with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He wrote some of the greatest books in the New Testament, one of my favorites being Ephesians. Now that's grace. Grace. When we understand what it is to be graced, then we will be graceful to other people. Keep your mouth off of people. Quit judging people. As you stated today in our, our Sunday school lesson, keep your mouth off of people. If you don't understand it, you don't, it ain't for you to understand. Trust in God to show you what you need to see. When I meet people, I, never, I, I try not to go there. And when I do, I rebuke myself. And I ask God, you show me. Holy Spirit that lives that you left with me on the inside of me. Show me what I need to see about this person. And my God, my God, he'll show you. Yeah. And some things he won't because it ain't your business. Amen. It ain't for you to know. 
but you better trust in God and keep your mouth off of people and make sure your heart is pure before the master who has granted us with such grace. Mm -hmm. See, we serve a God. Humans run. A God who forgives. Humans who don't deserve grace and a God who gives it anyway. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's grace. So I challenge us people of God. Boy, this thing stayed on me. He kept talking to me about grace. Don't get me wrong, when we pray, I, I, I ask for peace. I ask for mercy, you know, especially mercy. I ask for uh, all these other things. And I would mention grace, but I never really took the time to understand the grace of God. When you understand the grace of God, that's part of knowing who he is, his personality, how much he loves us, the sacrifices made for us. And it's through nothing good that we've done. We can't do enough. We can't. It's the favor of God. It'll teach us how to be more graceful, mm -hmm. to walk in this thing with grace, not look like we special because, oh, yeah. so I leave this with you. Thank him for his grace. Understand it. Thank him for his grace. Thank him for the extent that he has went to to show us grace. That's why if you think you serve a God that won't judge, yes, he will. You think you serve a God that don't get mad, of course he does. Because look at the extent. Look how far he's went to show us how much he loves us. From the Old Testament to the New. From the beginning. From the beginning. Because he knew man was going to need a savior to be Jesus to sit on your throne and know that eventually one day you were gonna have to give it up to come down here and walk with us who disrespected you in heaven. You knew what it was gonna be when he got here. Mm -hmm. But he went about his father's business and he showed grace to everyone he come in contact with. He went through and bore the same sins that we bear. That's why you can't tell me he can't heal you can't tell me he can't deliver. You can't tell me he can't set you free. That's right. That's right. The same anxieties, the same issues, mm -hmm. the same problems we have, he walked it out mm -hmm. so that we could walk it out. Then he died. Then he decided that ain't enough. Let me leave him my spirit. Then he sent us the greatest gift of all time, the Holy Spirit. Him, himself, to live in us. And we don't tap into it. And we don't appreciate it. We don't honor him. See, he gets grieved. He'll step back when you don't use him properly. When you ignore him when he tell you to do something, but you do your own thing. Yes. That's a sin. Yes. Appreciate. Use. Speak to. Walk with. Hear from. The living one that lives on the inside of you, which is the Holy Spirit. Yes. Let it speak to you. Let him lead you. He ain't here for nothing. 
He ain't a waste of time. He's everything. And he'll be everything to you when we appropriate him correctly in our lives. When we use him the way we're supposed to use, he'll talk with you. He'll walk with you. He'll prepare you for things. He'll show you dreams. Let me tell you something, and there's no boasting myself. Nothing comes up on me by surprise. My pastor can tell you I might have a dream. He gonna speak to me some kind of way. But I'm gonna know what's happening because I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of me. It's about relationship, his grace, his mercy. Get in the secret place of the Most High and sup with him. You'll find out some interesting things about him because there's so much more to him than what you even know. So much more to him than what you can even fathom. He's awesome. He's a wonder. That's why when I come in here, I can't be still. And I can't act like it's church as usual because of who I know him to be in my life. So I don't go around, Kim, you know Miss Kim, Miss Kim ain't nosy. I don't go around peeping into other people's business. I got too much going on for myself. So I don't get caught up in other people's situations and problems unless they bring them to me. Because I'm too busy communing with the Savior. Finding out more about him. What I can know. What I can glean from. What I can learn. How I can learn to treat people. So you didn't know me back in the day. I had some ugly ways. I was mean-spirited. I didn't like people. But God. See, I can't look at Saul and judge him for his sins when Kim had her own. But God. He taught me how to love. And let me tell you, some reasons why people are the way they are is because of the things that have happened to them. So that's why it's important not to judge, but to let God be who he is. He'll turn it around. He taught me how to love people, how to like to be around them, how to not be so uh, distrusting. Get what I'm saying? This is what God will do for you through his grace, the grace of God. He'll change your life. It'll turn you around. You'll find yourself doing things like, God, is this me? (laughs) You know? To talk to people about their problems, that's not really, that wasn't really me. But I find myself doing it more and more every day. And I find the wisdom of the Holy Spirit speaks to me and I'm able to bless them. Because, see, I'm not my own no more. I was bought with a price. The greatest price ever given. So I commit my will to his, and I do what he asked me to do. Grace, it's all about his grace. And God, I thank you. I thank you for letting me be before you today. Thank you for listening to the Restoration Church Podcast. If you would like to watch our message live or looking for more information about our church, visit us, follow us on Facebook, Restoration Church.